Okay. Can you hear me back here? The speaker's on? Okay, good. Hopefully everyone out in Zoom land will uh, be able to hear this too. Uh, up to nine, I'm expecting some more. We have a couple guests still coming in uh, from up uh, out west. But uh, we thought we'd uh, go ahead and start right now. Uh, just, uh, again, a couple of uh, administrative things. Uh, well, first, I'd just like to welcome everyone to the National Capital Bible Church. And if you're on Zoom, uh, uh, you know, y'all and us, uh, this this uh, man has touched us all and, uh, at one point in time in our lives over the many years. And uh, uh, if you don't know who I'm talking about, that's... Uh, that's Pastor uh, Dan Ingram, and there's the uh, the long lost sheep. <laughs> and we saved some food for you. Yes, yes. Please, please get the, what you need there, and we'll start there. Inside. But uh, before we start, uh, I would like uh, Mike Talbot to come up here and lead us in the opening prayer before uh, I get started. <clears throat> Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are very thankful for your your diligent servant, Dan Ingram, and for his fantastic ministry, especially to this church. We pray that we're able to build on his success, on his ministry, in order to fulfill your purposes and your glory. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Well, uh, first I'd like to recognize some of our guests we have with us today. First, uh, Peggy Davis. She's right over here at the head table with uh, Dan. And for those that have chairs or flip the other way, go ahead and flip them this way. Uh, and uh, she's kind of representing the uh, the Ingram clan uh, here for Dan. We also have Wayne and Dian Radio down from Pennsylvania uh, right over here. And Wayne was the head of the Northern Virginia CEF uh, organization that we shared spaces with over here, uh, retired uh, just, uh, I think, last month or the month before, and has left uh, uh, the leadership role to his uh, cohort, E.J. Wang, over here and his family right here. So please uh, talk to them. They're a wonderful group to have, and uh, we're blessed to have them in the spaces we're in today. Uh, we also like to uh, welcome now... Uh, uh, the, the Peggy, I'm sorry, uh, Canon uh, Sharon uh, Kershiel from uh, Winchester uh, out west, and uh, they uh, they were uh, uh, lifetime friends of Dan. Uh, Ken was a classmate of Dan's uh, way back when, uh, 50, 60 years, 70 years ago. I'm forgetting how how long ago that was. And uh, and then also a very special guest, Charlie, Charlie Clough, that's known. Uh, uh, up, up north and, uh, has led churches and, but he's had so much teaching and, uh, uh, wonderful, uh, doctrinal issues over the years. He just, uh, he's a famous guy. I call him the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh Mr. Climate Change himself. <laughs> he's about as opposite as you can get, but he was a weatherman in the, of the Air Force. Uh, so a lot of these people came from out of state, uh, some of them came from out of state and of course, we have a lot of people in Zoom, Zoom land. That'll, I'll give a chance to uh, talk to them and to join us also. So, uh, uh, so welcome to all of y'all. Uh, 
Today, we're honoring a man who not too long ago, uh, uh, well, we've been longtime friends, I should say, over the years. Uh, I got to know him well when working in the Pentagon over 24 years ago, and uh, he was a big part of my retirement ceremony uh, from the Marine Corps. So I appreciate that, Dan. However, more importantly, uh, this person is a great man of God who dedicated his life to studying and teaching the Word of God for over 20 years and who blessed this church with his teaching for 17 years of those 20. And while we're not calling uh, this a retirement gathering, great men of God like Dan never retire because their spiritual gift is sharing God's Word. That spiritual gift is still intact and active. Uh, with a yearning to continue to talk about the word to anybody that will, uh, willing to listen. However, he knows his mission has just shifted a, uh, a bit. And what he does, uh, next is in the Lord's hands. So, uh, with that, we'll uh, move on. So as we honor this man today for what he has meant to so many people and organizations over the year, we'll pray we will continue to enjoy his friendship for many years to come. That will include bearing with him as he tells his old farmer jokes, and uh, all sorts of corny jokes thrown in along the way. But more, most importantly, we all hope it includes hearing the wisdom of God he will uh, share through future conversations with each one of us, and that we'll be privileged to hear from. Let me first start with some of Dan's history. But uh, I'd like to add something that a, a, a student man uh, a suit man called R.C. Uh, Sproul said, Your task, O preacher, is to make sure that you are faithful to the text, that you are faithful to the proclamation of that gospel, that you are faithful to set forth the whole counsel of God, and then step back and let it happen. And uh, Dan has been part of that. Most of you know uh, that Dan was brought up in Morning Sun. Let me see if my uh, uh, slides work. I'm not really not up here. I know it takes time there, Hal. Yeah, page down, right? Or page up? Oh, the right arrow. Okay. Let's try that one. Well, let me try this way. Yeah. I know Freddie had this problem too. Uh, yeah, I should just use that. Which button did you say? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, most of you know that uh, Dan was brought up in Morning Sun, Iowa. Once his dad shifted, uh, once he, uh, his uh, father shifted from being an engineer to being a full-time doc, uh, farmer. However, an important part of mom and dad's history was that they both served in World War II with one one fighting and the other one healing. Guess one, which was which? Uh, well, I didn't want that all the way, but that's fine. But his father and mother were uh, tough cookies, running the large Ingram clan that consisted of five children, four brothers, Rick, Dan, John, and Steve, and one sister, Peggy, who's with us today, and probably ran, uh, which uh, she probably ran herd over the entire clan, I would imagine, at least the brothers. 
Oh, yes, I can, can't forget their grandmother, too, who added a great dimension to the family and had a lot to say in Dad's life. Did she? Yeah, I figured so. So, again, uh, welcome to Peggy. Okay, as we all know, Dan was always ready to tell you stories about growing up on the farm, which I believe he told us all that his dad worked him hard from dawn to dusk with perhaps a small break for school and studies with some baseball thrown in, if they could escape. Peggy, you might have another version of this story. Over the years of his teaching, we quickly learned his love for using figures of speech, farm phrases, and play on words during every lesson he taught, which was not only fun hearing, but in some cases it actually really helped us memorize that doctrine. And he uh, he, uh, succeeded in trying to train us. His love of the word started early in his life with his mom and dad ensuring church was part of their normal a routine, spending much time at the Farmouth Baptist Church. See it right there? That's a picture of it. <clears throat> okay, let's see if it works this time. And then, uh, later, uh, later he went to Cedarville University, where him and Rick played ball and fortunately graduated, too much sports, in 1972 with a Bachelor of Arts in Theology. During that time, his family uh, influenced his uh, upbringing, the farm, the uh, uh, experiences on the farm, and Cedarville College was definitely uh, part of setting him up for something he would eventually become in the uh, in the future, and that would be his passion. But before that happened, God decided to toughen Dan, uh, Dan up a, a bit before he would eventually meet the unforgiving Hebrew and Greek professors at Cabell Bible Seminary, the heathens of the missions field, and the congregations that were ready to eat up a young pastor or visiting the theologian, testing his medal and challenging his doctrinal recall to the max. The Marine Corps was ready to do just that. He joined in 1972, and after 28 years of being an infantryman, where he helped to fight a war in the Southwest Asia, and then fought a different type of war in the rings of the Pentagon, God decided he was at he was ready to take on the next challenge and the rigor of study soon would be uh, come a flood to him. Dan not only decided to take on the new challenges, but did so while he was still working at the Pentagon. He did it at night. Talk about burning the, the candle at both ends. He did this in spades all the time of his life. Now let me show you something. This is one of his uh, times he taught while he was going to seminary, going to every church he could find. Okay, let's do it. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go to this. I really want to be able to hear this. Sorry for the. Well, I should say uh, I wish this was working better. It just, I guess, is too much load on the machine. There you go. Doesn't seem to be going through the speaker. 
Yeah. There we go. Okay, well, just uh, from there, it's uh, finally after two years of a tense study, you received the. Yeah, I'm just. Okay. Okay. Sorry for the delay. IT was not my forte. I think I've talked it three times. Okay. And we might stay away from the audio clips I had, which were pretty funny. Uh, uh, finally, after two years of intense study, he received the Master of Divinity and was ordained at Baraka Church by Pastor Thleme. Deciding he didn't have enough uh, school uh, schooling, two years later he uh, received his Master of Theology. Known uh, all, all by his professors at, uh, at the seminary, he was an overachiever. Because of his thirst for learning and teaching the Word, the seminary asked Dan to become an adjunct professor. I can almost visualize the excitement that he showed when offered that position. I could see him jumping up and down in his chair on that one. Not only did he teach at the seminary, Dan was invited by various churches and missionaries to teach also. And uh, I, I think that's the clip I just played. In other words, Dan was in demand. You would have thought Dan might uh, like tra- being a traveling uh, you know, preacher uh, in his lifetime, and it probably would have suited him real well, just popping in uh, different churches and popping out and going somewhere else. But uh, it, it never uh, let him uh, held him down, that's for sure. But God had other plans. Dan was was a member of one of the Baraka Church videotape groups in Quantico, Virginia, and one of our Sunday school teachers down there. Well, most of you know, Baraka lost the uh, the talents of another wonderful pastor and Colonel Theme, and three of the uh, the local video groups got together to decide what to do: continue taking in the Word of God, uh, for, uh, or uh, get some face-to-face teaching in there, or do something else. Well, plan began in earnest to find that man for the church that could lead us spiritually and build a new church. To this day, I don't know if it's harder finding a solid pastor or deciding on the name of this new church. Well, God made our path for our pastor clear. And as always, he was always the best. Let's go here. Come on. Come on. 
At that meeting, the board approved the recommendation. Well, good evening. Robert B. C. who serves to serve office of township. Okay. Trying to do two things at one time on this. But, uh, that, what, uh, what you see here is on September, September 17th, 2005, the National Capital Bible Church, and capital spelled with an A, not an O, uh, Bible Church commissioned Daniel Curtis Ingram as his first pastor. Y'all might recognize some of the men conducting the laying on hands, many of whom have spoken at our church over the years. Unfortunately, great men like Dr. Edgar, Dan's favorite professor and close friend, is now with the Lord. So with uh, with just a few men and women and some children in tow, we started a new church with the right pastor. Right out of the bat, we're blessed not only with a wonderful pastor, but with a home that was beyond our expectations. Our entire bottom floor, the entire bottom floor, was given to us by Mount Vernon Baptist Church, there on the top left, where we stayed for five years. Mount Vernon found out one of uh, uh, some of our congregation uh, both drank and danced, so they kicked us out of the church. No, that's not true. They they started getting a lot of people, and they didn't kick us out. Just kidding. Uh, but now we're without a home. But as we know, God will provide. Before you know it, we're in our new home at uh, 18,000 or 8,001 Forest Place in Springfield due to the work of by our executive secretary, Kathy Haley, who just so happened to be the administrator for the Northern Virginia Extension of Capital Bible Seminary. They graciously sublet the space to us, which was a bit challenging, a little bit smaller, than, uh, but it, it did us fine. So thank you, Kathy. If you're on the Zoom right now, I know she couldn't get on to it later. And thank you to Capital Bible Seminary, where we as a church enjoyed many Christmas concerts together with them. Well, God graced us with more people, and our search for a new place began. I could hear God laughing as we looked at places to possibly build a recon- or reconfigure uh, something way out west. But little did we know, the largest suite in the building was now for rent, strategically located at the front door of the building. It didn't take long uh, the board to decide that we declared and we found a new home. I could tell Dan was praying to stay in this building the entire time, so we had nothing to worry about, but maybe he could have saved us some time by just sharing with him his prayers. Thanks, Dan. The move didn't take long. We just told the members to pick up their seats and move it down from Suite 111 to 101. Now, Dan, on the other hand, had a little bit of problems. He had to carry this whole podium and down. It took him a couple hours, but we wanted him to make sure he did that. Okay, enough of history. And back to our pastor, who, while dealt with a... Uh, with the uh, didn't have to deal with the many operational logistical issues that, that confronted our church. There was always one thing that he was steady in and, and studied us, and that was because of one man, and that's Pastor Dan. And you'll notice I call him affectionately Pastor Dan because uh, I think that's what most of this congregation does call him. Uh, Dan, Dan was an iron man who I think never slept. Well, here's another one. Boy, he just likes doing that. This is his, his first, first teaching in our churches.
Hal does that now. That, we took it away from Dan to make the announcements. Church, the paid lot that is more southerly is uh, is used by the Mount Vernon Baptist Church personnel, and we are in the south parking lot. The uh, I don't think anybody needs to run, jump up right now and rush out, but if you are parked up there, maybe at the break between services, I'd like for you to move them, uh, please. As you can see, Dan always directed actions, and uh, we just had to take that off his plate. One of the things we took off his plate, let Hal take that over. As I said, Dan was an Ironman who, I think, never slept. He was engaged in many things, but he never forgot what his priorities were, studying and teaching the Word of God to his church. That said, just look at the things he shared his energies with, allowing us to benefit from those efforts, like the Good News Clubs that Dan helped get team, four teams up and running, bringing back wonderful information from conferences that, uh, to share with us, and helping us ensure his passion rubbed up on us and wanted us to teach the word to others and spread the gospel to the world. But to do all this, not much time was left in the pastor's uh, uh, Dan's day. Uh, and I think, uh, I don't, I don't even want to bother with this, but it was a clip of uh, him being the MC, Masters of Ceremonies of the CEF uh, uh, banquet. And he was directing the actions and making sure people were clapping and people were recognized. Did a fine job. And you did that. I don't know how many years. How many years did he uh, MC the thing? I, I'm not sure. All right. Well, he did that and more. But again, not much time was left uh, after doing the, all the things you see see here. And it didn't take away from he just just didn't sleep. He just kept on going. Everywhere better. While encouraging to do so, he seldom took vacations with the exception of a few trips to Israel and the Grand Canyon raft trip with Steve Austin. Steve Austin, who is a great person that is a, I would say, a, uh, what do you call a biblically-based uh, archaeologist. Is that the best way to put it? A geologist, I'm sorry, geologist, and just does a wonderful job. We, we're blessed to have him here a couple of times. Dan invited the women for the next uh, uh, river trip, but they found out there's no porta potties, so they, they said we'll defer. And why, uh, why did he deny himself of these flu, uh, few luxuries? It was because he saw the work of the Lord was the most important part of his life while on this earth, and he knew his church was his main focus. Focus. <clears throat> Okay, uh, this is another, I hope this doesn't go to another audio. Ah, well here's a shot of some of the great families we've had over the years, some of whom have gone to be with the Lord, but all these people have benefited from one man's dedication to study and teach the Word of God. Now, little known, uh, to most, but Dan wrote a thesis on, uh, at the seminary that he sees as a, uh, just, very important for pastors as they go along. And let me read a couple of excerpts from this. It goes without saying that in this age, as in all others, the faithful are akin to sheep. This is to say that they are largely ignorant, self-willed, and prone to stumble in these thorn thickets in the, that uh, sewage ditch. This is no less true today. In our age of myriad of distractions and diversions, the sheep of the 21st century America are especially maladjusted to the things of God. As such, it takes a true Moses, a veritable modern-day Joshua, to lead the sheep, use cunning, silver-tongued uh, persuasion, and yes, even guile and deceit. It is be, it is be uh, for the ignorant sheep, best ultimate interest. 
Moving to his page five, sheep will not often accept the truth for what it is first glance. at first glance. It is nearly impossible in our age to establish a godly church from the start. Nay, and he uses this word nay all the time, nay, sheep must be first led along by their accustomed trails and their customary fields and pastures for the months and sometimes years until they grow trusting and complacent of their new shepherd. Jumping to page 10, at such point, that the sheep have grown complacent, mentally sluggish, and wholly trusting of their new shepherd. For all, for we all know that sheep are adverse to mental hard work and discernment. Uh, the scripturally uh, honoring pastor must strike. It is at this time that the pastor may begin slipping a tongue or two into the stunning service, a sentence here, a phrase there, just slip it in midstream into the sentence and without explanation, and then continue with the message. Well, you get down to the the bottom, on or about the fifth year, my, in my estimation, is the time of ripeness to begin introducing aesthetics into the unsuspecting sheepfold. This is to be quickly followed by the unilateral institution of female assistant pastors and a, pay, a praise and worship band replete with electrical guitars, tambourines, and drums. And appropriate three weeks after the institution of these spiritual revitalizing devices, the heart of the sheep will be, in most cases, brimming over with the Holy Spirit heart will you didn't know he wrote that, did you? You don't remember it either. <laughs> well, yes, yes, uh, that was a kind of a uh, uh, probably a little bit uh, a take that probably wasn't true. No, Dan did not write that. Of course he wouldn't. Okay. Okay. Well, well I don't want okay right there. All right. So what now? Well, Dan, it's finally it's your time to relax and have uh, some fun. But it's not a time to full, uh, fully step away from your spiritual behavior. So remember, when a church asks you to come casual to speak to them, it's not in a suit and tie. <clears throat> okay, I've done, I have one more slide before asking if there's any comments from the uh, crowd. Uh, there's, uh, I would, uh, uh, I will turn it over to those on Zoom. Uh, I do have a list of, uh, those that want to speak, and we'll go through those people that are on Zoom, and then some, some in here, and we'll go in, in order. But I'd like to share with you this uh, this next one. And for the crowd, this next picture is a picture of his dad and mom in their uniforms, where they served. And uh, and I think this is what they would be saying today about Dan. Okay, a little bit about rules as we move on. Sorry, sorry. This one one time I overruled. I overruled. No, uh, just a few rules uh, when uh, we identify you on Zoom. Uh, just keep you on uh, those on mute. Just keep yourself on mute. And when you uh, I identify you, the, those that uh, gave me some comments. Uh, go ahead and unmute and uh, please speak up so everyone out in the crowd can hear you. And then we'll just go down the list and then we'll open it up if there's anybody else who would like to make, uh, make a comment. Yeah. So uh, the first one is Vanessa, our own Vanessa Druger, and she's going to come in there and take my podium, which I'm sure you all are glad of. Well, I'll be back.
By the way, Vanessa is our secretary of the church, so she should know how to handle all this. Do you want me, you just want me to hold it like this? Okay. Okay. So when I think of who I know who is most like Christ, that person is Pastor Dan. Pastor Dan is a very special person. So let's go back a bit to when he and I first met. When I first met Pastor Dan, I was a mess. (laughs) If I remember correctly, this was back in 2007. I was in my early 20s. I was in a dark place for reasons that don't matter anymore. I wore a lot of black and heavy black eyeliner. And I was struggling with some things. I was a believer, but I was lost. My mom found this church, and she was so excited. We grew up listening to Colonel Theme. So she was so excited to finally be able to attend a church in person that met that high standard. To be honest, I don't remember the first church service that I attended here, but I do remember meeting Pastor Dan. I remember it like it was yesterday. After church, and this was back at the old location in Mount Vernon, I was talking to my mom in the parking lot, and Pastor Dan came running over to us. And of course, I was thinking, oh, great. He can see that I don't fit in here. This is going to be awkward. But you know what he did? He gave me the biggest hug before he even introduced himself to me. He was so happy to meet me. He treated me like he had known me my entire life. And I remember being so confused because no one had ever done that before. But that's how we met. And you know what? I kept coming back after that day. I had a lot of encouragement from my mom, but I kept coming back. Austin and I, we really got to know Pastor Dan at that church because we started going to lunch at the diner after church every Sunday. I don't think any of us ever knew what the name of this restaurant was. We just called it the diner. Austin would always try to get Pastor Dan to order a double deluxe bacon cheeseburger with a fried egg on top. Sometimes he did, and we were just, Austin and I were blown away by Pastor Dan's sermons, and we would spend most of lunch just pegging him with questions for hours, just laughing and talking and asking questions. I grew up listening to Colonel Theme, but I learned the Word of God from Pastor Dan. He is my pastor. So then eventually, we moved to this location. And that's when I learned that Pastor Dan was a trained recruiter. (laughs) It started with, Vanessa, I think you should teach Sunday school. Which, of course, I just laughed at at the time. Um, no thanks. I'm busy. I have a full-time job. My weekends are very busy. But have you guys ever tried saying no to Pastor Dan? (laughs) So I started teaching Sunday school. And then it was, Vanessa. I want you to do Good News Club with us every Thursday at 2 p.m. at Claremont. 
Okay, that time I really laughed. Are you crazy? I have a full-time job. How am I going to leave every Thursday at 1 p.m. to go to a good news club in Arlington? I'll get fired. And by the way, I don't want to do good news club. It sounds hard. <laughs> so I started volunteering at good news club every Thursday at Claremont with Pastor Dan. <laughs> and you know what the funniest thing is? Twice I was nominated for an award at my job for my volunteer hours. Twice. I helped them meet their corporate volunteer objective. There were banquets, and I just remember sitting in these banquets thinking, this is all Pastor Dan's fault. (laughs) And then it was Vanessa. Wayne Radio wants to host a CEF banquet, and he's looking for people to be on the banquet committee. Again, laughter. Um, when am I supposed to make time for that between everything else that I'm already doing for you? No thanks. So I was on the CEF banquet committee for three years. <laughs> we even roped Austin in on that one. <laughs> there was a point where it was common for me to see Pastor Dan five days a week. Because we had the banquet committee on Monday, we had Bible class on Wednesday, we had Good News Club on Thursday with lunch afterwards at Boston Market, which I'll talk about in a minute. We very often had CEF training on Saturday, and then we had church on Sunday, five days a week. So this is how I got to know Pastor Dan so well. But enough about me. Let me tell you what I learned about him. First of all, Pastor Dan cares deeply about each and every person he meets, and of course, about teaching the Word of God accurately. Do you know that he sent the Sunday school teachers 10 pages of notes to study before each lesson? And these notes could be published as articles. They were so detailed and well-written. And it was like that with the banquet committee. The banquet committee meetings were partly a comedy show, watching Pastor Dan and Wayne banter back and forth. (laughs) And I know EJ and Diane know what I'm talking about. But when they were done and we got down to business, Pastor Dan made sure we covered every single detail possible to make these banquets a success. And he does this because he cares, because he pours his heart and soul into everything. And it was the same with the Good News Club. I used to joke that he ran our club like a military operation. We even debriefed after each club. (laughs) But oh my gosh, Good News Club. Those Claremont kids loved Pastor Dan. They rushed to see him every time he walked in, and they would all be wearing their blue Good News Club shirts, and we would too. He was the only person that they would actually listen to without speaking. (laughs) And my goodness, if Pastor Dan was out sick, or if he had to miss a club, which was very rare, they went into a panic. They would ask us volunteers, where's Pastor Dan? Is he okay? And then they would demand that we pray for him right at the beginning of club. He was very important to each of them because he took time with them. He answered their questions. He remembered details about their lives. He remembered their prayer requests, and he would pray for them all week. He got to know their parents. He cared, and the kids knew it. But it didn't stop there. Like I mentioned, our Claremont group, which was Irene, Bill Sen, Marina, Melody Stelling, and later the Patton Girls, not all of you know. We would go out to eat at Boston Market after all after each club. And we'd all walk in with our Good News Club shirts on. And people would ask us, what's the good news? 
And Pastor Dan, every time, would look them right in the eye and say, the good news is that God loves you, and he sent his son to be your savior. I watched him do it many times. But it wasn't just that. He memorized and knew the name and backstory of every person he met. He'd be, hey, John, how are you doing today? What looks good on the menu? He always had time to talk to strangers, and these strangers became his friends. I cannot tell you how many strangers I've seen Pastor Dan talk to. And not just a passing, hi, how are you? But, hi, what's your name? Tell us about yourself. He made people feel special everywhere he went. You could see their eyes light up. Pastor Dan would just spread this light and joy everywhere. I've never seen anything like it. So, I'm going to give you one final example of a life he transformed. A few years ago, before I had kids, Becky Stebbins asked me if I would be interested in being a camp counselor for Camp Arete. Pastor Dan did not ask me this time, although I suspect he was involved. (laughs) It entailed me going to Colorado for a week to mentor some middle to high school age kids. This was not my cup of tea. But you know what I said that time? Yes. I said yes twice. And I did it for two years until I had Asher. And when I decided to homeschool my kids, and I found this amazing Christian co-op, and I was speaking to the director on the phone, and mind you, I had a newborn baby at this point, and I had never homeschooled in my life. And she asked me if I wanted to be a teacher on their community day and lead a group of kids for three hours. Guess what I said? Yes. And I didn't just say yes. I said, yes, I would love to be a teacher. And she later told me that that was a huge encouragement to her because everyone else was saying no. This is not to say that I am a good person or that I'm even good at any of these things. I'm mediocre. (laughs) But I'm willing because Pastor Dan taught me that when God opens a door, you walk through it. And you walk through it with joy because that's God's plan for you. So thank you, Pastor Dan, for transforming my life. Thank you for seeing through the mess and having faith in me and for never letting me say no. You are like a father to me. You married me. You married my sister. You are a part of us, and you always will be. And, as my mom reminded me this week, we have to go back to the diner. (laughs) So, thank you. Okay, who who, uh, votes for uh, making her MC the rest of the time here? I tell you what, yeah, I I figured it'd be all the votes. I figured it. I vote for it. I vote for it. Okay, uh, next on... uh, Clay, are you in the uh, audience, Zoom audience? Yes, sir. Okay. This is Clay Ward, Tullahoma Bible Church, in from a long way in Tennessee. So, Clay, over to you. Okay, sir. Yeah, we can see you. There you go. There you go. I've got uh, Reagan and Jonathan and Abigail and Lydia here with me watching this with me. Reagan 
Amy and Andrew and Hannah are coming back from Illinois. Andrew's been up there for five weeks doing farming. <clears throat> Which when Scott was telling about the farming stories you tell, we're looking forward to hearing about Andrew's farming story. But uh, I just want to tell uh, Scott thanks for letting me be part of this. Dan and I met back about 2003 at a Schaefer Regional Conference. Robbie Dean was still pastor at Preston City. And I'd gone up there to uh, to see Robbie, and then Dan was there, and the Lord had it that Robbie had the flu. And so Dan and I just had all the time together. And we became very fast friends. And I remember one time uh, we were at the conference, Dan said, you know, I feel like going for a walk. I said, okay, let's go for a walk. About an hour and a half later, we were back. I, I thought we were just going to, you know, take a little leisurely stroll. And we were, I think we walked about five miles. And everybody wondered where we were. But, uh, anyway, Dan, you've been a great encouragement to me over the years. We've always been able to discuss physical issues. You're not only a good friend, but you're a good family friend. I forget the year. I was trying to get the years down, but when uh, Jonathan was born, Dan started coming to visit us in the summers, and then he's made it a tradition. He comes and visits us every Thanksgiving, and we always anticipate that and have you know, great memories of Dan coming and spending time with us for Thanksgiving. He's also become a good friend to our church family and have taught the last two Independence Day conferences with us. But even before that, uh, when Dan would come visit every now and then, he'd, you know, Scott, you were saying he needed a vacation. Well, I always tried to make this a vacation for him, but he, he'd come wanting to fill uh, in if, if I'd let him. And uh, when I did, what I found out is the kids were always, where's, where's Pastor Ingram? Usually he'd be playing or reading to him or something like that. I said, well, I think he's upstairs getting ready to teach. And this would be on Monday, and then he didn't have to teach till Wednesday. So he'd be preparing like he always does. So anyway, Dan, I just appreciate you. I'm saddened about your retirement, but resting in the Lord's time and purpose and praying for you as always. And I just appreciate you, and I just thank, thank for the opportunity to share that today. <laughs> Thank you, Clay. And I tell you, oh, yeah, uh, I, if, for those that don't know, the Wards, uh, have a, are a wonderful family. And I tell you what, every time Dan came back from, uh, Tullahoma, he was refreshed. He was refreshed. Uh, well, I don't know how refreshed. All those kids, uh, climbing on you. Maybe it wasn't refreshed, but, uh, Clay, thank you very much for that. Okay. Uh, the next, uh, Janet, Janet Bush, are you online? Janet, are you online? Were you able to make it? Unmute if you are. Okay, well, I'm going to move on to uh, Debbie. Are you online and like to say this, or do you want me to read what you passed? I think you had something going on. Debbie, Dan, and Luke. Okay, I'll read what uh, she passed to, uh, to you, Dan. Pastor Ingram, I hope you are well. I want to send a short note thanking you for your wonderful teaching and for the dedication in God's Word. It was an honor and a blessing to have the opportunity to be a part of the congregation while I was stationed in D.C. She was Air Force. You helped me to see God's Word in a new light that definitely strengthened my relationship with Him. 
Also, it was a pleasure getting to serve the Lord with you as ambassador for Christ for the children to the Good News Club. You set a great example of a service, and I'm so grateful for my time with all of you. You created a true family and despite from the surrounding chaos of the world, and that helped us to understand what it truly meant to be part of a body of Christ. Through our new uh, year's communion services, potlucks, baseball games, football games, CEF banquets, visits, uh, visits to the local restaurants and many other special events, and especially through rigorous Bible class and prayer sessions, you helped us uh, to come together for God's service, glory, and pleasure. Thank you again for many, many years of hard work, study, preparation, dedicated service. I look forward to seeing you and everyone at National Capital Bible Church soon, whether it be in this life or next. By his grace, Debbie Daniluk. Now, I will, this is a shot in the dark since Art Hatado is down South America, but Art, were you able to get him? Come up. Okay. Moving on to Kathy Haley. Now, she, I'm going to save her to last because she, uh, she was up uh, training at a good news club in Connecticut. Actually, the whole state. Uh, she's part of the state. Uh, uh, like uh, Wayne was from Northern Virginia, doing a fine job up there. So I will hold hers uh, and ask uh, to give her a little chance to get there. And if not, I I have uh, uh, her uh, her words to share with you. But uh, I would like to open it up to anybody in uh, the Zoom land. If you'd like to go off mic and state who you are and uh, give you a, a minute or so to uh, – uh, express your uh, thanks to Dan. Can you hear me? Okay, Scott. Uh, Scott Bailey has it. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks, Scott, and uh, the um, for uh, organizing this uh, meeting, this commemoration. Really appreciate it. Uh, I was a uh, member of National Capital from 2012 to. 2019, but I had met Dan, I think probably in the 2004 time frame, when a part of the church was uh, a tape group meeting in Quantico, uh, and I think, actually, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, I think maybe a couple of your very first uh, messages were at that location um, after we had voted uh, on face-to-face teaching and, and uh, you became the, uh, the you know, pastor. Uh, so uh, definitely, Dan, uh, I, I want to thank you uh, for your support uh, during the time when I was a member um, and teaching in Sunday school and uh, later um, as a director at the Sunday school. Uh, your support was uh, always well appreciated and I definitely uh, echo Vanessa's uh, remarks uh, with the Sunday school lessons when we were teaching the roots of faith, uh, we had a nice big analysis of the entire lesson and it uh, very much helped, uh, the, I think myself and the, and the rest of the teachers that kind of focus on the important parts, uh, for that lesson. Uh, I, I have a, um, anecdote, uh, going back to, I think it's probably about the 04 time frame. I think, Every Sunday school teacher has classes that they remember fondly. And uh, for me, that was uh, one of those was 
when we were still meeting in uh, Quantico, and it was a two-story building, and so the Sunday school was up upstairs, the tape uh, session was downstairs, so the Sunday schools could get it as loud as they wanted, and we got pretty loud. And the group that I had at that time was uh, David Hagemeyer and E.J. Everett, uh, Everett Jr., two mem- current members of the church, and those those were their sons. And so I taught one session. It was a two-tape session with the uh, with the tape, uh, you know, the um, downstairs. And I taught one session. And I believe Dan actually taught the other session. And I think that was part of the the, your internship at the time. So, again, uh, thank you, Dan, for all your support. And just to kind of uh, echo Vanessa's great tribute to you, I grew uh, very much in, in the church. I think Dan provided the ecosystem for a believer to uh, learn the word, to get the word, learn the word honor the word, and live the word. And that's how people grow spiritually. So thank you very much, Dan. Thank you, Scott. Uh, he was one of uh, our three or four Sunday school directors uh, we've had. So thank you again. They're out in Arizona right now. Someone else was popping up from uh, Hinterland. Speak up your name. Oh, Rick? Hey, is it? Uh, I'm sorry. Is it? This is, go ahead. This is Rick Ingram, but nobody else is going to speak. <laughs> go, go ahead, Rick. Uh, this is uh, this is Big Brother here. Okay, okay. I, I guess I thought this was a roast. <laughs> All I've heard is good things. Let me <clears throat> let me just say that growing up with Dan, real experience. I got to tell you, um, I I first knew that Dan was going to be a pastor when we attended church services at Yarmouth Baptist Church, he always wanted to be speaking in church. So I'm sitting there in the pew trying to take notes, you know, three points in a call from Pastor Nicholas, Dan's elbowing me, asking me what we're going to do after church. And I'm doing my best here to learn from the pastor, you have to wait your turn. Uh, I, I gotta tell you that, uh, when we went to Cedarville College, Dan and I, yeah, we played baseball. We had a lot of fun doing that. But Dan would say to me, <clears throat> so Rick, uh, what, it, what do you think really is our purpose here? Uh, isn't it to be, uh, learning how to be in full-time Christian service? Isn't that what, what we should be doing? I said, yes, Dan, that's, that's absolutely the case. So, when I was a senior, I signed up for the Marine Corps. Dan said, hey, wait a minute. I thought you, were, you said you were supposed to be in full-time Christian service. I said, well, Dan, uh, you know, the Marine Corps is an armed service, and I am a Christian, and I'm going to be doing it full-time. So he said, okay, I guess okay. that's a good rationale. But he kind of figured it out eventually by the time we got to, uh, he was a lieutenant colonel. He decided, you know what, I, I really need to start taken by, uh, by uh, courses at seminary, and so I'm, I'm proud of the fact that he was able to serve his country and get himself prepared to serve the Lord, serve the National Catholic Bible Church, and I mean, that 
to me, he, he figured it all out. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. But I, I do have to t- tell you that uh, I think you're going to miss some of these jokes he used to tell. I had a couple of them that I don't know if you heard these or not, but he used to say, how much did the pirate pay to have his ears pierced? A buccaneer. <laughs> then he would say, why is dark spelled with a K and not with a C? Because you can't see in the dark. <laughs> oh, I don't know how many people are laughing at these. And finally, the best one was the old jokes about the chicken crossing the road. There was a chicken on one side of the road, a chicken on the other side. The one chicken said, hey, how do you get to the other side? The chicken said, you are on the other side. Anyway, Dan, Dan has always been a, uh, uh, a great brother and a great friend, and I'm sure glad that uh, you all are, are paying him his due here today and showing how much you appreciate him. We have always thought that he turned out to be the, the best one in the family. He achieved the most, and uh, we're, we're proud of the fact that uh, he's accomplished so much. So thanks, everybody, for showing up today. Thank you, Rick. Thank you very much. Okay, I think someone's been stepped on. Uh, who who do we have online? Hey, National Capitalists, uh, Ramsey, Oliver, and family plus mom dialing in. Hey. Hey, the Olivers. Yeah. Miss y'all, love you. <laughs> dialing in from, from down here in Tampa, Florida, so it's it's wonderful to see so many faces and hear everyone speak. Uh, Vanessa, that was a... That was a phenomenal job. I think you, you highlighted several things that, that we as a family could all relate to very much, uh, especially with, uh, Dan being a master recruiter. Um, so just really, really appreciated those comments. Um, I think we, we attended, uh, National Capital Volunteers there for three years. Uh, we, we found out about National Capital Volunteers through a, a list, I believe, uh, on Clay Ward's website uh, that listed it as a doctrinal like-minded church. Um, so our our first Sunday there on assignment to uh, the National Capital area, uh, me and my mindset, you know, being from the South, I couldn't imagine that there'd be biblical teaching anywhere else on earth, but it turns out there is. Uh, we we showed up um, that, that first Sunday and, and immediately felt welcome into the family. Um, and it was a, it was all all about your leadership, Pastor Dan. I just I just thank you for that that faithful service uh, to, to not only my family but all all the families that that you have served there in the National Capital area uh, as they as they come in and out. Um, and it you know your your teaching was. Phenomenal and, and truly a pleasure to to learn under and, and to grow under. But you, you took us in as a as a family. Um, you were a part of some very important moments in, in our walk and in our life um, throughout throughout the years. You know, the, the impact you know you had on Melissa volunteering her for Good News Clubs and and our children as they were attending the Good News Club. Um, the, the Saturday prayer breakfast, um, you know, where I bring uh, Coke in. I think he was probably eight when he went 
eight years old when he went to his first one, and uh, we, we still able to dial in every once in a while on, on, on Zoom now. So just the example you set for them, um, given, given Michaela, Mickey, uh, her special nickname, uh, every time I, I think of you, I, I just think of uh, you calling Michaela Mickey and, uh, and how special that is to, to her and, and to us. And just kind of exemplifies that relationship. Um, you know, being there for, I you know, loved going to the baseball games. You were you know, at, at my promotion ceremony, which was just a pleasure. Um, taking us on tours of the Capitol. Just, just faithfully, faithfully serving, maximizing, you know, just a small platoon size element uh, for God's kingdom. Uh, you've done a tremendous job of that over several years, and and the kingdom is glorified because of your service. We thank you for it. Ramsey and family, thank you very much for joining us. And they're emblematic of all the military families we've had come through Capital Bible, uh, I'm sorry, National Capital Bible Church. Uh, they came and went because they had orders, and that was the toughest thing, I think, for our congregation to see families like them uh, leave. Anyone else online? Okay, back to the uh, the counter. We do have a couple people out here, and uh, is there anybody out here before I read uh, Kathy's at the very end would like to say something? We have Wayne. I'll just stand back here. Uh, we'll be here an hour or two. Very short. Diane says you better write them down so you don't go too long. A couple of hours, so no. Uh, it was really of the Lord that Dan and I met, and because of Pastor Dan and his leadership, as the chairman of the banquet committee, I believe hundreds of boys and girls have heard the word of God, and many. Many have put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So when Pastor Dan, when we go to heaven, there's going to be a long line of boys and girls coming behind us because of you. Because of your leadership in raising funds, we were able to take on Ray Seco, who's working right alongside of EJ, and also keep the general fund in good shape for many years. So that's been a wonderful thing. Not only did the boys and girls benefit from his leadership and his love for the Lord, but he was a great example of what a servant leader looks like for many of the teachers and helpers as well. Not only did God use Pastor Dan here in CEF of Nova, but wherever he went, whatever church he went to, somewhere in the country, he talked about CEF. And CEF got started in, I think, a number of areas because of Pastor Dan. Pastor Dan's preaching and sharing his love for the Lord and the true word of God was always there and we could tell none. Pastor Dan had and still has a passion and a burden for the lost. I personally... I personally have been blessed beyond I could ask or think because of your friendship, and your mentorship. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Thank you, Wayne.
Anyone else would like to? Oh, man. Okay, my name's Ken Curcio. Um, I met Dan in 1968, 69, I can't remember exactly. We were students at Cedarville College, and um, I have to be careful what I say here. <laughs> but um, uh, we had a great time, and um, as most of you know, Dan is a very considerate person, and I'd like to share an example of his consideration. Uh, when we were in the Marine Corps station at Camp Pendleton, and we were living, uh, sharing a, a house, this was before I was married, and um, we adopted our neighbor's cats. The, uh, the neighbor had dogs and cats, and they paid attention to the dogs, but they didn't pay attention to the cats. So we like cats, so we kind of adopted them, started feeding them. And um, there were four cats, Nick and Pete and Gray Lady and Lady Di. And so one day, and we, we had them in the house all the time and took care of them. So uh, one day, I was at work, and if you know anything about Camp Pendleton, it's a huge base, so it was probably 30, 40-minute drive for me from where we live to where I work. And Dan was home getting ready to depart on a, a TAD assignment. So he was packing up and getting ready to go, and he was going to leave later that day. And so as he left... He left the cats inside so that when I came home, it would be, uh, you know, sort of a treat for me. There, there are the cats waiting for me. Um, so the next day, I got uh, Dan and I talked on the phone, and um, he said, "Well, how did you like the surprise last night when you got home?" And I said, "Dan, I worked late last night, and I just slept in the office and didn't go home last night." And he said, oh, well, there'll be a surprise when you get home today. <laughs> so when I got home, sure enough, there was a surprise, not that the cats were in the house, but that the door to the garage was closed, which is where the litter box was. I won't describe the smell in the house that I had to clean up, but anyway... It was a considerate thing that Dan did. It didn't didn't quite turn out the way he suspected it might. Um, as I said, we met uh, over 50 years ago. We've remained friends since, um, through college, through the Marine Corps, and beyond. Um, We've spent a lot of windshield time. We've traveled back and forth across the country on assignments. Uh, we've spent a lot of time together. We've had some very deep uh, conversations over those years. Uh, I I had a sister. She's now with the Lord, but I had a sister. I didn't have a brother growing up, but I always wanted to have a brother. And I will have to say that Dan is the closest thing to a brother I could have had. Thanks, man.
So I'm going to read because I'm not really great at ad-libbing. Um, so, Dan, this note to you is hopelessly inadequate in expressing my gratitude for all that you've done for me and still do for all of the people at National Capital Bible Church. So a few years ago, I was conducting an enthusiastic church or search for a church because the church I was attending had split, and I thought it was a good time to do that. Honestly, I felt like Goldilocks trying to find the church that was just right. It was a long, it was a long search. Although there were a few very good candidates, um, there was always something missing. But on my first visit to National Capital Bible Church, thank you, <laughs> I knew I'd found my just right. You, Dan, were a very large part of why I felt this was a church for me. Most people here don't know this about me. Well, some do. <laughs> um, but it's really difficult for me to concentrate on a task or Pay attention to a teaching for a substantial length of time. Yet, there's something about the way you teach that allows me to focus the entire service. For me, that's a miracle, <laughs> and I'm so thankful. So here's some of the things I appreciate about you. This is a very, very small percentage of the things, but Scott's going to take a hook and get me out of here if I say all of them. So it's your love for the people of this church. Right away, it was evident that you cared for each and every person, and the feeling was mutual. This love, I feel, was instrumental in how the congregation interacted with each other, too. It wasn't just a fellowship of believers, but it was a family, one that I am now grateful to be a part of. So, And over the years, also, I've observed how this care extends to every new person. No matter how long they've been here, if they've been here for a day, that care extends to them. And it just shows your heart as a shepherd. Another thing I'm grateful for is your thoughtfulness. I can't count the times you've encouraged me, especially when I was enduring chemotherapy and couldn't really leave the house. Um, it was a difficult time, and I was tempted to wallow in self-pity. <laughs> but God was gracious. And prompting you to reach out with an encouraging word, an uplifting text, a funny video, or an indication that you were praying for me. So many times, your thoughtful communication was an answer to me crying out to God for encouragement. It was uncanny how sometimes I would cry out for God and then I would see a text within a few minutes. It was so amazing. Another thing is your understanding. This is evident in all your teachings. I remember listening at home um, to Job when we were doing Job, and I couldn't leave and come here because I just had chemotherapy. Um, and once you mentioned that Job had some pretty lousy friends. <laughs> and I laughed out loud at that because I thought the same thing. <laughs> but when I would tell people that, I wouldn't really get get a good reception on that. So I really appreciate it that you you have that understanding for um, people. And 
our humanness. So your understanding of our humanness and your non-judgmental ways allowed me to see your compassion and empathy, and I really appreciate that. So I also appreciate your sense of humor, and this shines through in every way, whether you're in the middle of teaching or having lunch with friends, and I love your laugh. It's wonderful to listen to. I could go on and on, but I'll end with this. I appreciate your love for God and his word, and your life embodies the model of a man who loves God, his word, and acts on his belief of the gospel. So now you're retiring from leading this church, but you aren't retiring from being an inspirational member of this wonderful congregation, this family for which I will be eternally grateful for, truly. So Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, For everything there's a season and a time for every matter under heaven. So my fervent prayer for you is that this will be a time for joy, laughter, rest, and healing. And I have a copy of this here. Pastor Dan, um, I don't know, I can't top that. that I'm not going to do as good as she did. Um, but however, I want to say that you are a huge encouragement, and I guess to everybody here in this church as well. And I can remember um, coming back from Iraq in 2003, and finding you, you now the pastor. I'm like, oh wow, I missed a lot. <laughs> and, but I was very, very happy and very glad. And our church took off. It was a very good group. We had an excellent location and it was very, very encouraging. However, my walk was not a good walk. And my focus was on my job. My job was my whole life. And I thought, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Christian, but my, when I was started looking at you and how your walk was and how you dedicated your whole life to to God and, and your spiritual life, um, I was very, very impressed. And that encouraged me to do better. So when you came up to me and you said, Mike, would you like to be my security guy? I'm like, oh, I, I guess I better do something about that. And then, and then when I started trying to work in that, I was always thinking, well, I don't think I'm doing as good as job as Dan wants me to do. And then and then one day, like, oh, have you ever thought about teaching? Like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. And then sure enough I got pulled into teaching. And then and then you're like, well, how about do the memory verse? Be my memory verse guy. I'm still working on that one by the way. <laughs> and then like new good news. I can't remember if it was you or or Randy, who asked me, oh, hey, do you want to do good news? But it was a long time before I was able actually to do it. Eventually, I did it, and I was always impressed by the fact that you're our pastor, plus you're also doing Good News Club, too, which is pretty pretty time-consuming. Um, and then there was other times you were like, hey, can you do this for me? And then there were some times I would come to you, and you'd, I'd say, hey, Dan, I need your guidance. And he goes, Mike, what do you think you should be doing? <laughs> And then I, okay, I know what I should do now. Um, and then finally you came to me and said, like, hey, will you take over this Sunday school program, which I did. And then I retired and like, Dan, what do you think I should do after retirement? Mike, what do you think you should do? <laughs> like, okay, so I met Schaefer um, Seminary. And then one day you walked up to me and you said, hey, Mike, how would you like to substitute for me? <laughs> and like, and that was really scary. And like, oh, I don't, 
Well, I didn't say I wasn't going to do it. I said, sure, I'll do it. But I was terrified. I think you gave me five, six or five months notice. And so four months out, I was panicking because I hadn't started studying yet. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I got four months. To, and so I think I took a couple good solid months. I even practice here. As, and I use the CEF people as my audience. And and uh, so there you know the rest of the story. So thank you so much for showing me or having this leadership and being a great encouragement for me. Thank you. Diane, I'm going to get to you, and we're, we are getting a little bit uh, long in time, but I wanted to get Kathy's in here, and Diane, I'll, I'll bring you up because we're going to end with some hymns and uh, and some closing slides. And actually, there is a 160 slides that are just going to be rolling. Uh, I'll, I'll, once I get off the slides, you can look at and see old friends and all that. That's pretty neat. Kathy wrote to Dan, Dan, were it not for this training, I would – uh, this train, I would be there in Virginia to celebrate with you and the church family, your wonderful tender as a pastor of the National Capital Bible Church. It was amazing to watch how you slaved your way through the seminary, assimilated the volumes and volumes and volumes of information and mastered, mastering two ancient and foreign languages. Uh, foreign languages, all while undergoing cancer treatment. If you didn't know that, uh, he was uh, having uh, had another cancer prior to this, the one he had now. Not a cancer, but the tumor. You exemplified your watchword, quitting is not an option. You were well prepared to take the helm of a newly formed National Capital Bible Church. I've had the privilege of working for, for and with several pastors, and it's been my observation that you're one of the hardest working, most diligent students of the Word of God. Your teaching dug deep and you encouraged us to step out of our comfort zones, to put our faith into action, not merely being hearers, but doers of the word. I know you encouraged me to step out. I was quite content to be a spiritual wallflower. But uh, stepping out has uh, resulted in innumerable and unimaginable blessings. In your teaching, you also encouraged us, urged us to read the word of God for ourselves. That, too, has been the most tremendous blessing. When I worked at the seminary, I would tell the students when they were uh, bemoaning their Greek studies, that learning the original language is like going from black and white uh, TV to color TV. The original languages reveal so much more depth of the word. Similarly, uh, reading the word of God for ourselves puts what you have taught us into high, high definition. Truly, the word of God is alive and powerful, and I'm so thankful you encourage us to read it for ourselves. Dan, you will never know this, this side of heaven, the impact your faithful service has had. What we can say is that impact is exponential. Right now, I can think of our uh, of four states that NCBC Church the family conducted uh, conducting good news clubs. I'm I'm with the families conducting uh, uh, multiple good good news clubs in the four states, evangelizing, teaching the word, uh, children the word of God. Here in a deep dark Rhode Island, we have 11 clubs starting this fall, and one of those clubs even teaches the word of God to children in China. Could you ever imagine back when you were slugging away at Dr. Mook's church history notes? That, that, that would be the outcome. You have multiple, you have multiplied your talents manyfold. As the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. Well done, Dan. It's been a remarkable privilege to serve you in his abundant, abundant grace, Kathy Haley. Okay. The tag team of the CEF club. I'm Diane Rowdio. This is very short. 
I did write a note to you, Dan. It's in the card, but I think the word that came to me immediately when I heard that we were having a tribute to you, all I could think of was faithful. And you have been so faithful in everything that I've seen you do. Also, you've been a great friend. And this is something that nobody else has mentioned. I'm sure we're not the only ones who've been a recipient, but this was a very practical way of his showing God's love. When we first came into Dan's life, it was the beginning of our CEF well, kind of in this area. And we were really scratching to make ends meet. And he gave Wayne money to go and buy clothes so he could look decent for training classes and the banquets. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had it. So thank you, Dan. And I want people to know how generous and kind you've been and what, how caring. That that caring goes so far beyond, oh, I hope you're doing okay. So thank you, Dan. We love you. Thank you, oh, thank you very much. I don't want to kill anybody here. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and move on uh, to the, the rest of uh, what we have to do. And uh, it's short, and then we're going to end with the Helms uh, uh Al coming up here with Laura uh, playing. And I'd just like to uh, say a couple of things. Uh, close to 17 years ago in, in, in this finale, uh, a retired Marine teaching a, a local, at a local community or a local, local seminary while assessing both, assisting both pastors and missionaries accepted the challenge to be the first pastor of the fledgling church, the National Capital Bible Church. And just about three years ago, the Lord saw fit to challenge him with a physical malady in the form of a brain tumor. This would be a diversity that many would have considered too tough to carry on in using the gift of God that God had given them, but not this pastor. Pastor Dan persevered through both treatments and the lasting effects of the tumor, continuing his studying and teaching for more than three years, thinking only of his church, not himself. However, those challenges with late night studying to prepare for lessons finally caught up with him, and on July 23rd, 2022, Pastor Dan stepped down as the pastor of the National Capital Bible Church. While these past 17 years as the pastor of the, uh, of the church might have helped uh, define Dan for who he is today and later guide him in his life, his solid character and his attitude towards both towards God and his fellow man will remain the core elements of, the, of why he is who he is today and will ensure his life is a one that is peaceful and rest that uh, only the Lord can provide. With that, in closing, I wanted to say fair winds and falling seas is the Navy term we would use to our beloved pastor. May you continue your wonderful walk with the Lord. Now, please share with me as we uh, show these pictures of Dan over the years. And uh, we're going to Go go through a, a few things afterwards, but you'll see a slideshow after we've completed that you're welcome to stay, eat a little bit more dessert, and look at the, 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 the uh, National Capital Bible Church family. And uh, let me tell you, from uh, your head chairman for one year, 
How many times? How long have I been on the chairman for you? One year? Two? For chairman for you? For your chairman? As your chairman? Uh, has it been one or two years I've been your chairman? No, I guess a little bit longer than that. Uh, I'll just say, there's not too many like you there, Dan. <laughs> okay. First off, uh, this is uh, our gift getting. For those who haven't known uh, and had Pastor over to your house uh, for a meal or perhaps a movie, Dan had a passion for old westerns and detective movies. But over the years, we found some more uh, current TV series from PBS he thoroughly enjoyed, such as Wooster and Jeeve or a Tin Man comedy. But one stood out, a detective series that starred a very honorable man like himself, solving the crimes and outsmarting the bad men. The series became his favorite. Perhaps not because of the chief inspector, but a cute little woman he had a crush on named Sam. Hmm? So with that in mind, this is a, just one of our tokens of gratitude. Come up here, Dan. Stand right here. I'm sorry. You're going to have to stand here while you receive these gifts. I'm not the holder. Uh, this is the entire series of Fool's War, and he can look at Sam all he wants over the years. Okay, stay up here, Dan. But there is one more thing that would, uh, we want to present to Dan, and thanks for all he's accomplished as a church leader. From uh, pastoring a fledgling church to one that now is well established, we'd like to present this monetary token. This monetary token of our love and gratitude, which you will have the choice to help defray future costs of your health care. Or so desire, take a well-deserved vacation, relax, something you haven't done done much of in the last 20 years. And yes, Clay, it was relaxing up at your household. And last, for all those present today, know this is not intended as a farewell to Pastor Dan, as we hope he will be a part of this church as long as he can, but just as a recognition of your dedication to uh, NCBC, the National Capital Bible Church, with an A and not an O. If you ask Dan what his plans are for the future, he'll tell you he's still talking to God about that. So until he, he figures it out, we'll just continue to enjoy the friendship we have with him through uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And over to you, Hal, for some hymns. I'm sorry, Dan, would you like to say something? Well, I think it's almost impossible for me to say anything. But I do... I want to say, um, I love you, and I thank you. And um, I also have to, to oppose to, or not oppose to, I need to uh, say to my sister to say, I'm sorry. I've been here for about 20 years, and rarely do I come down to see you. It's just that it seems I'm too busy all night, all morning, all day. And I honestly, uh, many people have asked me, well, what do you do? And the answer is, I'm in my study. And that's where I find myself. Um, God has been uh, very blessing, been very uh, gracious to me. And right now, um, people ask me, well, what's the future? What do you think you're going to do? 
And my answer to that is, it's in God's hands. I don't know what the future is. And, of course, a lot of people will say, well, none of us know that. Uh, All right. Uh, But we'll see what God has, and I'm looking forward to that. Whether it's here or whether it's in heaven. And I'm gloriously happy with either way. So thank you. Al, please come forward. And in fact, one of the things I really love, and that's songs, singing. So. Please stand, please stand and sing Christian Soldier first. 